0: This call is being recorded.
1: You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Uh, go to builtbar.com. Use the promo code locked On. Get $10 off your first box. Uh, great in the morning. Uh, great with a workout. I'm told, as you guys know, that ain't part of my life. Um, but a little something to you know, give you the kick that you need. A uh, solid protein bar. Great taste. BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. Gets you $10 off your first box. Um, as many of you guys know, uh, Lane Atkins over at, at the OBR. Lane is one of the founding fathers and somebody that you know basically helped put that on the map. Um, lost his lovely bride on Friday. Um, his wife Christine battled for about two and a half years with uh, you know multiple illnesses, whether it was cancer, heart failure. Um, I know what's up on my page. I know it's up on Pete's page. There's a GoFundMe um her medical costs became you know exorbitant over the years and it's sad that this is the position they're in but you know they you know he does want to be able to you know put together a nice service for his wife and pay her ultimate respects and say goodbye to her um so you know obviously you know i know it's making the rounds uh cleveland browns wise on twitter but uh go ahead check out the gofundme uh every little bit counts i know it's a little you know sometimes almost you know a little difficult to ask you know in this time you know But look, if you got a little something extra here, uh, Lane's a great man. And uh, obviously, you know, wants to do completely right by, you know, his, you know, his bride of, you know, so long. So if you guys can go ahead and you've got the money, go ahead, take care of that. And uh, let's see if we can do some assistance here. I believe they're almost a third of the way home here on what uh, Lane over at the OBR is going to need. Lane, all the best. Um, Anything you need, uh, you know, we got you here. Uh, I'm going to sit down with Pete Smith here as we get back into business. Uh, Hope everybody had a really good Memorial Day weekend um the restrictions starting to come up a little bit you know so there were some possibilities where you could get out and do some things um you know we don't normally record on memorial day and yesterday look I mean there was an opportunity for us to get out of the house um you know part of it is we have my mother-in-law staying with us as she's been injured and that may have had something to do but um just need to get out and look it, it's you know if you can do it safe and be smart about it um it, you know don't feel guilty about trying to get back out and at least live life a little bit, get some fresh air, all that stuff. Sitting down with Pete Smith. Pete, we did get some live sports over the weekend. And you know, I wasn't sure what to make of it. Um, but it actually turned out. I mean, and you can saw the, you saw the competitive edge in everybody. Um, you, know, there, you know, I was guilty of it, making jokes on Tom Brady. And, you know, almost like tin cup, you know, Pete, where, uh, you know, everybody's going to never gonna, But they're going to remember your eleven. You know, as much, you know, the beating as he took and, you know, he who likes to play some golf. It is. That's the one thing. That's one thing that's great about that game is, you know, you can hit 95 shots and 93 of them suck. But it's usually the one or two good ones that end up drawing you back. Um, It's an amazingly difficult game as far as consistency and repetition of you know, swing and this type of thing here. But you got to see some fun. You got to see some competitiveness. And uh, we got to see what Peyton Manning's been doing with his retirement time. Cause he looked pretty damn good.
0: Well, he he's he's in great shape. He's also like just a very weirdly built person. Both he and Eli are sort of just have weird builds. Um, you know, the whole event. It was disappointing that the weather was bad uh, because I think that sort of impacted how uh, the you know various participants sort of dealt with it. Uh, and then you add the stress that was clearly bothering Tom Brady, uh because he was playing so poorly early, uh, seemed to get to him. So like nobody was talking other than Manning and then Phil Mickelson giving, you know, uh extended uh lessons in the game of golf that could have gone on for an hour. Uh, I mean it was it was interesting to watch it. It was some of it was kind of fun. Uh I, I, I think it just would have been way better if you know the day before was gorgeous if they had been able to get out on that day but um you know my my, it, it did well ratings wise hopefully um they feel more encouraged to do this type of thing um it also obviously goes to show just how brutally difficult golf is uh since Peyton Manning and Tom Brady are both awful um and it was basically, you know, it, it just ended up being the, uh, for people who are actually into golf, which is not really me, uh, who are just thrilled to see Tiger Woods moving around pretty well, looking uh, low-key pretty good for what uh, he needs to be able to do. Uh, but, yeah, the, the whole thing was, it was nice to have it. It was sort of a nice event that, like, sort of everybody was getting into. Uh, it, it, but, yeah, I mean, it, it – it, Weather just prevented it being from so much more, being so much more. Uh, but and you got to see sort of just a lot of uh, weird things. Obviously, Charles Barkley poking fun, and then Tom Brady sort of barking back at him, him splitting his pants. Uh, Peyton Manning, you know, had some good lines in there. They did feel a little rehearsed, but that's fine. Uh, it would have been nice to get more from the likes of, uh, you know, Tiger's not like a super talkative guy, but it would have been more fun to get more out of those guys. But overall, I thought it was, you know, for what they were dealing with, it was pretty good.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, and it gave a break here. And to, you know, think of a Memorial Day weekend and, you know, somebody, you know, I saw where it was yesterday. It was the first time there was no Major League Baseball since 1880 on Memorial Day weekend. Um, You know, so as everybody tries to, you know, Hope for some normalcy. Hope for summer, and, and getting back to you know, and this is you know, and this is the part, and you know, talking with you know friends and obviously you know friends who have kids, and and, and for me this is the difficult part here. As and this is probably with any parent here is, it's to the point now where it sun's out till almost eight thirty. It's really nice out. It's really warm out. Um, and you could kind of hold your kids down for the last two months of you know all we'll school and look, you don't have much time anyway. But, you know, summer's coming. It's, you know, it, it, and it's it, and the really difficult part is for kids here now. Um, you can kind of just get through those spring months, and it wasn't really that nice. I mean, there were some days that were really nice. But it's, you know, to tell, and my girls are 12 or 13, to tell them there's a possibility that, you know, summer may not be normal. You may not really see your friends. It makes it difficult. Um, let's just hope as this gradually starts to open, we see the results that we all need to see. Um, So we don't end up, you know, essentially closed down here again, but it's, you know, it's just really, really hard to hold kids back when it is this time of year. And, and for the most part, I mean, my kids have been troopers about all of this. Um, And I'm sure most parents will say the same thing. And, you know, it's just, it's just how much longer can you hold them back and can you, you know, just say, or, you know, find enough stuff to do within the house or in the yard. Um, But just everybody hang in there. We're going to get to a little bit more here. Locked on Browns, Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith, as we return after Memorial Day weekend. The best tasting bar. It's hard to explain it. You just kind of have to experience. Real chocolate, amazing flavors. Um, For me, mint chocolate cream, uh, almond toffee. These are flavors I've talked about. The flavor, the pop of it, it's just really, really good. It's almost got like a candy bar taste to it, but it is a protein bar, no doubt about it. Amazing combination of low calorie, high protein, and low sugar. No crazy additives. If you compare it to the most popular men's bar, it is half the calories, seven times the fewer carbs, seven times the fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be this good for you and taste so good? That's obviously where Built Bar is in business and doing as well as they are. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code Lockdown. Get $10 off your first box at www.builtbar.com. Pete, the names aren't going away and still available. And I think, you know, Jamal Adams, who knows exactly what the situation is there? And, you know, all my Jet people, they're, you know, up in arms about it. But, Pete, there's every front office, and, you know, well, you know, Jadavian Clowney here, and we'll get to this as far as a Browns perspective. Every front office has got what they deem spending money on and spending big money on. Obviously, we just went through it with John Dorsey. Then comes in the Barry and the, you know, and you know Paul D Podesta, and we went through it with Joe Schobert. What are you comfortable paying? And there's certain positions where you know some front offices. This is maybe not how we're gonna allocate. You know, heavy amounts of money as far as roster roster construction. The fact may be this current Jets front office may not be comfortable with writing. You know, agreeing to a contract of paying a safety absolute. Top dollar money, which you're talking probably north of $14 million. If you're going to wait till next offseason, it could be north of $15 million per. Um, Where does it put Jamal Adams into, you know, whether it's a trade candidate, you know, obviously for, you know, people want to keep talking about it. I don't see the Jets moving on. Uh, I know Greg Williams loves him. I know Greg Williams knows exactly how to use him, and he's getting every ounce out of him. But still two big names now. Obviously, Jadavian Clowney's been out there for a while. Jamal Adams. Who knows? Maybe if you actually absolutely blew the Jets away, you can maybe get your hands on them now. Um, But I think that's one thing, Pete, that people are misconstruing is, you know, people, front offices and and the way these guys do things. There is a bottom line on how they're going to do it. And look, every now and then there's something that's going to break the mold here. But you know, not necessarily. You know, you know, it's looking like it's not necessarily something the Jets are looking to do, as far as just saying, "All right, we'll make you the highest-paid safety in the game." And you know, it's it, the old regime drafted him, and he's done extremely well for them. He's done everything to warrant where they selected him. But this regime just may have different thought processes on it.
0: Well, the the, the the disagreement comes down to. Uh you know, timing. The Jets are saying they want to pay him. They're saying, you know, they want him to be a long-term fixture in the defense, you know, uh, but they don't want to pay him right this second. They essentially want him to give them one more great year uh, to sort of cement that status, which is in line with players like Aaron Donald and and others were doing, um, Jamal Adams is basically saying, "Look, you know, I, I've I've been great. I'm an All Pro. I'm all these things. Uh, I, I, you know, I want that that deal that sort of guarantees me for life, or whatever you want to put it. He wants that lucrative deal in place, you know, because anything could happen. He could, you know, suffer a major injury or or whatever." He wants to get that deal done uh, now, which is, you know, it, it, I, it's hard to – it's never easy to feel bad for the Jets, but I don't think they're necessarily wrong. The The thing with the Jets is basically if, if they want to extend him uh, and they want to extend him now, they theoretically could save some money on it, uh, but – uh, the uh, the question for them is, is it worth you – know, he is your one star on that team. They have nothing else right now. You, you know, you're hoping Sam Darnold's going to be that guy, but they don't have anything else. Um, and your, your question is, are you willing to sort of do what the Giants did? Are you willing to trade your one star uh, to essentially speed up your uh, rebuild or a build that hasn't happened or however you want to put it? Um, and as a result, Jamal Adams was basically saying, pay me or trade me, which seems a little early for this, but we did the same dance last year with Jamal Adams where, you know, it was talking about should, you know, could could they trade him? And it was obviously the Cowboys were a big focal point and they still are, although the Cowboys haven't actually called this time around. Um, and, and what that all means. And it's, Look, if if you're the, if the Jets are really willing to listen or really willing to give up Jamal Adams for a first and a third, then it it's not a bad idea that the Browns should be trying to find out just how true that is. Because if it is true, Jamal Adams uh does a couple things. First, with the Browns sort of transitioning away from a defense that seemingly cares about linebackers at all, um Safety's become more important. They can fulfill some of those roles. Jamal Adams has been a linebacker. He's been a strong safety. He's done some, you know, some deep over the top stuff. Um, he is a-, a good tackler that would complement Grant Delpit. Um, he is that combo safety that the Browns. Everything that they loved about Grant Delpit, uh, Jamal Adams can do. Maybe not quite the same way, like. Grant Delpit is a a good slot cover guy, uh, you know that that might where whereas he's, he's not necessarily a linebacker and Jamal Adams does that where maybe he's not as great of a a true slot option, um, but he, he his you know the whole thing with the Browns is seemingly they are trying to hold on to as much cap room as they can right now and they want to be able to roll over a ton of money in the next year. Uh, which would probably put them somewhere in the neighborhood of of, uh, $100 million in cap room uh, with Olivier Vernon walking uh, and various other free agents who are on those one-year deals. They'd have to make some decisions on who to keep, whatever. That would allow them to sign Miles Garrett to the fat extension he's going to get, keep money open for some of the other players like Denzel Ward and and Baker Mayfield uh, if they're comfortable with that, and – Still be a player for a big time, uh, big time talent. And the reason that Jamal Adams makes sense right now, whereas a guy like Yannick Ngakwe or Anthony Harris, up until he signed his tender, makes sense, is Anthony Harris or Yannick Ngakwe gets paid a massive salary right now because they were free agents, and that was sort of the the next step. Uh, Whereas Jamal Adams' salary for this year, if they were to trade him, is about $3.5 million, which is less than Terrence uh, Terrence Williams is making, or Terrence Mitchell is making this year. Um, So if you were to get him, you could essentially make that trade, at least for now, cap neutral, still allow the Browns to have near $100 million in cap space next year. And yes, you'd have to extend them. Yes, you'd have to plan out that money, but you get what you're assuming is a superstar talent for In a position where you can maximize it in a way that maybe other teams can't, based on the defense you want to run, you obviously get another star to go with Denzel Ward in the secondary, a third star on the defense entirely, obviously with Miles Garrett, and you take a huge step forward uh, in in your team building and specifically defensively. The other thing is is if we flash forward to the draft in 2021, you know, and where people would think the bronze may pick or whatever, you know, that first round pick could theoretically be a safety. I mean, that could be the move because, you know, Carl Joseph's on a one-year deal, Andrew Sandeo's on a one-year deal. So it's basically Grant Delpit and players like Sheldon Redwine um, that are interesting, but I don't know if anyone would say that any of those guys is the answer to be back there. So they would still be in the market for that. And it's a really, at least, looking at it from here, another talented draft class for the safety position. So the Browns have an extra third round pick that uh, they just got in the 2020 draft, moving down uh, from in the third round. So if you are of the belief that a first round pick is, you know, looking ahead is, is going to be worth it for Jamal Adams. You're going to get him cheap this year, cost controlled, his his fifth-year option is like $10 million, which is not the end of the world by any stretch, and then a, an extension. And if you're comfortable with all those things and you're saying, I can get this for a first and a third, basically getting him a year ahead of where you would get that next safety, giving you Adams and Delpit in the backfield, having uh, in, in the back of the secondary and Denzel Ward, and having Carl Joseph as now an option player that can be the slot or you can do all kinds of different things. You can put Jamal Adams in the box, whatever. It sort of feeds into everything Joe Woods wants to do. So, you know, oh, reportedly, that is an offer the, the, the Jets are willing to accept for that. Um, if that's true, then it's a really tempting situation for the Browns in a way I think it's more tempting to them than maybe any other team in the league And a deal that could make a lot of sense.
1: Well, Adams, and there's no way to escape it here. And you go back to his final college game, and what did they do with LSU? Shut down Lamar Jackson. He was key, but playing around the line of scrimmage, essentially playing the linebacker position, he's excelled around the line of scrimmage with the Jets. Uh, phenomenal blitzer, I believe he's got almost 15 career sacks already. Um, you know, and like you said, Pete, you know maybe Grant Elliott is more your traditional true free, more your traditional true coverage guy. Jamal Adams has been a fantastic player in his three years in New York. Um, me, I guess the question, you know, look, if they deem it and they want to put their toes in the water, so to speak, I look at it from the standpoint of, you know, you need to build a defense right now. Lamar Jackson's not going anywhere. You need to build a defense and it's going to be down to making sure you can beat Baltimore or at least split with them year in year out. Let the rest of the chips fall where they may. He would be an integral piece of that as far as, you know, solid tackler can run essentially with anybody. And he, he, he is that guy. Yes, I mean, you, look, you know, as far as what would be the first round pick in twenty twenty one, safety certainly a possibility. Um, greedy Williams, you never know. But um, you, you know, whether or not it could be cornerback, but you know, you're usually going to find a market with more cornerbacks than you're certainly going to find a market with safeties. So it, that could be addressed that way as well. The player himself, yeah, um, you know, it's it, it's worth it. Um, the question is, you know, w- w- do you deem you know the you know the cap space that's going to go to him worth it? Um, but I mean. There's no mistaking it. You know, Jamal Adams is a fantastic player. The question is, is you know, and also for Jamal Adams, is it Texas or bust? Um, you know, it's kind of it's the area of you know where he grew up, where he's from. He does have a father who was a former NFL player, so there is you know that kind of influence and tug there as well. So it makes for a whole interesting scenario. But great player. Um, and the you know, Jets are either going to have to, Jets are going to have to make up my mind quickly because you know once a player has been disgruntled from the trade deadline in 2019 and he's still disgruntled. It's not going to change. It's either going to pay me or get me the heck out of here. And you're not going to basically reestablish that relationship. It's one or the other to meet his demands to satisfy you, or meet his demands to satisfy him essentially here. The clowning name, Pete, doesn't go away. Um, Still stoking the fire. Um, I mean, it's about to be damn June already. And one of the predominant edge players in the game, still out there, still nowhere to be found. You know, I'm, the Browns have said, look, we're in on everything until you know, something happens where somebody goes somewhere else and we're not essentially in on it. Um, the Jadavian Clowney dance just continues to go here as you know, we're now past Memorial Day weekend.
0: So uh, Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports was a guest on Pat McAfee's show on Memorial Day, and he was exploring the thought process of Jadavian Clowney and basically kept mentioning the Browns and said, among other things, he thinks the Browns are interested in Clowney, but on a longer-term basis, which I guess was surprising to me a little bit. I hadn't really thought of it from that standpoint because I thought if that was the case, the deal would already be done by now. It always seemed like it was going to be uh, using the Browns sort of as a one-year payday, sort of reestablish himself while getting good money uh, to then go uh, to get paid, and then be able to hopefully, from his standpoint, make make uh, significantly more next year. But he made it sound like the Browns, or the, whether this is his belief or what have you, that uh, the Browns want to go longer term. That it's you know that it, it, basically in order for them to bother moving off Vernon they've got to get him for a significant amount of time which certainly is reasonable from their standpoint uh you know it's not basically it's not worth burning bridges and and looking bad in the locker room for to replace one one one-year player who's very good with another one-year player who's very good for basically the same money it's just uh I, I don't think that's that's a good look but if you take that and you say, if you, if you believe that, that the Browns want to get Clowney on a longer-term deal and are willing to pay closer to what he's looking for, my question is, what's the holdup? And just from my thought process, maybe the Giants are still hanging around. I mean, that's allegedly the reason Marcus Golden has not resigned yet, is they're sort of hanging around in case they can get Clowney Uh But if you know, other than that, the the conclusion I I would come to is is there must be something that Clowney does not trust, like or or what have you, when it comes to Cleveland. At least as a first choice, whether it's not trusting the ownership, like you know, who can blame them? Uh, Maybe it's it's as simple as not wanting to go to Cleveland. Maybe it's not feeling good about his fit in this defense. Whatever. Uh, that if because it, it's just I struggle to find a reason why, if Clowney wants A, B, and C, and the Browns are offering are, are seemingly amenable to A, B, and C, sort of basically getting a couple more million dollars out of them, uh, why this wouldn't have sort of, why the rubber sort of wouldn't have met the road at this point. On top of everything else, Bus Cook <clears throat> is uh, and Clowney's agent, and Bus Cook is. Uh, also representative for Miles Garrett. And they're talking about a lucrative contract extension for Garrett. So it's not as if, you know, they haven't been in touch or, or anything along those lines when it comes to talking to his agent. So my inclination would be that, that, that that whether it's Seattle or somebody else that Clowney is holding out hope that there's a, there's another location that sort of does enough to go there and if not then maybe this uh scenario with the browns and a long term deal comes to fruition but um it's just um it, it's it's just strange that uh that, that, that this is sort of where we're at uh, it's
1: it's been a long and it's been a crazy long process now you're talking two plus months now since free agency opened um, one of the predominant in the thing with Clowney, and, and there is the caveat, the sack numbers don't essentially, you know, match up maybe the salary demands. Um, it's, you know, coming here, this would be a dream scenario. He'd be much more comfortable like he was in Houston where he was able to, you know, able to move around because there's other players on a defensive line with his ability um, and able to make plays. Um, it, it's a fit. It's interesting. Um, we'll see how it plays out. And, uh, you know, and I think, you know, for the Browns, I think the longer – this goes on. If they truly are interested, I think the money maybe lines up better for them. You know, even if it is longer term, you know, long term deal. Um, you know, you don't think somebody's going to hold out this long, and essentially the money's going to just continue to get better unless somebody just jumps out of nowhere. And so people keep talking about camp and injuries. No, you don't make a fifty million dollar guaranteed decision on a you know ultra talent just due to the fact that somebody got hurt in camp. It's either something you're going to be committed to, <clears throat> or something you were not going to be committed to. Uh, we got a little bit, uh, another segment coming here. i uh, going to do a little bit, you know, something new here. This actually, the idea, uh, thought process came in from uh, at Drake Maddox 28. So we're going to get to that here in a bit. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith, locked on Browns. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer. For our audience, go to Blinkist.com slash NBA. Try it free for seven days and save 25% off your new uh, subscription. Folks, shop local. Uh, Zabo Apparel, Brian Zabo, fantastic guy, uh, veteran. Got two children actively serving Zabo Apparel in Vermilion. Uh, Check out the store. Uh, Go to the website, ZaboApparel.com, Instagram, Twitter, Zabo Apparel, S-Z-A-B-O. They do a fine job. They put out a great product. You're looking for Cleveland gear, Browns gear, Indians gear, Cavs gear. Go ahead and check out Zabo Apparel. Yeah, the idea from Drake Maddox here, and, you know, I, I like it. And, look, I, I, I keep telling you, look, if you've got something you'd like us to talk about, something to put in, this is, this is the time of year, um, you know, as far as, you know, we can get to other stuff. You know, we get more, you know, into, you know, as far as a scheduled routine, you know, once training camp opens, that type of things here. Pete, most, uh, most valuable players from the four members of the AFC North. I think two of these are slam dunks. Two uh, are, are pretty interesting. I think, with the Baltimore Ravens, we're pretty satisfied and the most valuable player there.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things you could say about, you know, mitigating circumstances and everything with Lamar Jackson. But, I mean, you give them credit. They they they, they made a system around him and and have maximized him to the extreme. So, you know, nothing but credit for, to them for that. And and if he was to go out, you know, I don't know how that offense works.
1: Um, no, I'm um, probably the only person to run it. And, you know, he hasn't been in the NFL about four years now in um, Colin Kaepernick. I believe the Cleveland Browns. we are safe with who we do believe is. And if we saw anything last year after week 10, I believe we're solidified even more And the miles Garrett is no doubt. The most valuable player for the cleveland Browns.
0: yeah and 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 i continue to point this out he's underrated he is a superstar and yet there are people are like well at some point he's going to consistently but even this fan base there's people who don't realize how good he is yeah that's what i'm no i think most people nationally yes have more respect for miles garrett than locally because i keep Seeing people, well, you know, at some point he's going to take that next step and that upper echelon. I've said it now, uh, Nick Shook from NFL.com came out with some compelling numbers for that. He was on a Defensive Player of the Year type uh, rate last year. He was never going to get it because the Browns were a mess, but he was that good. He is absolutely, I've said it, I will continue to say it, I can't take my eyes off Miles Garrett when I'm watching watching the game because he's just that special and that interesting. Because ultimately, with with rare exception, if anything's going to happen, it's because you know he's done it. And if you aren't watching him, chances are you're going to miss it. So, yeah, I mean Miles Garrett. It's not even close. One of the best players in the league. It's uh, just an absolute stud. And I, I, I get people who are like. T- trying to have him be other people or whatever other than maybe Aaron Donald who who are you legitimately trading Miles Garrett for one for one that's not a quarterback and it, it that's it i mean it's it's Aaron Donald that's that's the list well
1: and the thing with miles and this may have something to do with it and you get this with certain athletes where everything they do just looks so smooth and you know, almost looks effortless. And people misconstrue that, and you know, maybe use it to dog somebody. He is just so smooth and easy in everything he does. Um, and yeah, can he get better? Of course, he can get better. Um, but the product that Miles Garrett is right now is certainly damn good enough. And it's it's just it's so impressive to watch him do things because it just comes with some natural ease and that first step and the ability to tilt and it's just a special special talent and you know I literally got in this you know last week on twitter oh you know well he's not a superstar hell he's insane he's absolutely 100 a superstar there's no way around it Pitt, pittsburgh cincinnati this is where it gets kind of tricky we'll save cincinnati for last because i'll be honest with you i don't even know if i got the answer for that one pittsburgh steelers beat what who is the most valuable player of that pittsburgh steelers franchise the way it's basically construed
0: Currently, oh, if it's not Ben Roethlisberger, it's basically a combination of. uh, I mean, if I had to pick one guy who's not Roethlisberger, I would say it's uh Cameron Hayward, but it's really hard not to just say it's Ben.
1: Well, the way the offense was set up for years, and then last year, obviously, you know, the defense it got a little better, but they certainly didn't have the offense to put it. You would say Ben, and everybody thinks it's just going to be so, um. Easy and simple for you know Ben to just come back in and do you do what Ben did. Um, about that, I don't know, we'll see. Um, I would say yes, Cameron Hayward. Um, now, um, it'll trending, trending possibly one day that it would be TJ Watt on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but you know, you're gonna need something on this offensive side of the ball. Uh, Pittsburgh going further after the Ben Roethlisberger years. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals, Pete, I, I have, I don't. I don't have an answer. I, I, I don't know who is the most valuable player for the current state of the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't.
0: Um, right now it's it's tough. Normal year. It's Geno Atkins. Last year wasn't a normal year. He wasn't his normal, truly spectacular self. He's still, you know, a great player, but just wasn't. I mean, Carlos Dunlap was, was better. Um That would probably be my answer defensively, offensively right now. I, I would probably say it's, uh, it's, uh, Tyler Boyd. Um, not to say AJ Green won't, won't be, if he's on the field, he just has been, he's missed so much time as of late. Uh, Joe Mixon is very good, but Tyler Boyd is, is a really, really talented player that has been great, uh the last year and a half or so. So, I mean, it's tough. That would be my answer on that one, though.
1: Uh, For me, I guess I'll go with, you know, to be determined. I mean, they're hoping it's going to be Burrow. on Defensive side of the ball, you know, there's not a total and just absolute star of that defense. Um, This is something we'll continue to do, you know, through the weeks coming up here. We'll go through, you know, each division here. You know, stack up each team as far as uh, these are concerned. Um, this has been your episode today of Locked On Browns. Um, Pete Smith and everything over Browns Digest on SI.com. Make sure you're checking out, following, reading. Uh, you know all the uh, obviously all you know all all the stories and obviously you know all the <clears throat> oh god losing the voice again. Um, you know, all the you know all the articles and everything that Pete and Brandon and Sean are putting out over on SI.com through Browns Digest. Make sure you're following Pete at underscore Pete Smith underscore. Uh, the show itself at Lockdown Browns, all lowercase. it's a follow back account. DMs are open. Again, guys, you know, you got ideas. You got questions. Certainly now is the time of the year we can get to those things. Me, uh, myself, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open over there as well. Um, again, guys, check out uh, the GoFundMe, uh, you know, for Lane as he tries to uh, you know, get through this year. Most difficult time in the world and to have, you know, a f- uh, financial burden of that level over your head. It's just got to make everything more difficult and just, you know, I've seen more and more trying. This has been your
0: daily delivery of all things Dog Mound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.